I had to shake him on my last case, big O don't play. Alright guys, welcome back to another episode of the One of your seven hosts this evening, <laughs> Ryan Reed. Guys, we got a full house on this one, and I think uh, we're all excited. And I, I know I'm I'm pumped to be here. It's been a really rough day, and I'm like pumped to talk fishing with you guys. So before we get into that and and what we're going to talk about tonight, let's go ahead and introduce our hunks for this evening. I'm going to start with one, Nick Fiesler. From the, from the north. Oh, yeah. Back on, baby. Like like to make surprise appearances, you know? <clears throat> Keep you guys guessing. Donnie, Donnie wasn't sure if you were still alive on the last one. That's that's the way I like to be. I'm, nobody Keep knows. us on our toes. That's right. Glad to see you, Nick. I was worried. Hey. You've been out I'm fishing all, at all, Nick? I uh, went out for a lake trout on Sunday. It didn't catch any, though. Where? On Erie? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's Marked awesome. a few, but no bites. That's cool. Well, it's good to see you, sir. Welcome back. Yeah. We also have on the call tonight, Mr. Donnie Swinky. Evening, boys. I like the looks of this big full screen. <laughs> it's a big change from last week when we were going with three is the loneliest number here. I, I like this. It's either nobody or everybody. <laughs> Yeah, I just want to know when Donnie's going to start re- recording uh, Musky Hunk cover songs. <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm working on <laughs> it. Got to get him a mic first. Yeah. All right. We also have on the call this evening, Mr. Tom Venata. Yellow. Yellow. Back. Back. Yellow. Get back from my one-week vacation. That's great. How Do you feel refreshed? Very refreshed. Good job That's editing. Awesome. Hi, Kayla. She's in the shower, but oh, yeah. okay. Oh. Well, I heard her earlier. <laughs> <Nice> try, <though. laughs> it, it was it was worth a wow, shot. Check a wow, worth wow. a shot. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! All right, we also have on the call tonight, Mr. Owen Seaman and Big O's Bucktails. Good evening, guys. Glad to be here and uh, excited to talk some some boats and maybe outboard stuff and all all kinds of. I don't know, kind of random, another random episode, but we got a lot more participants than we did on our last random discussion. So I'm looking forward to this one. Who else do we have here, Tom? Yeah, so we like, like that guy on Pawn Stars. When you call, he's always like, "I got a guy. Let me, let me give me a few minutes. Let me call my guy." We kind of called in our two guys. Uh, one of them is everybody knows, Mark King, Keystone King Musky Lures, and I kind of called in my guy, my specific guy. Like when something breaks, or if I hear like a funny noise, like he's the guy i'm looking at in my phone and that's matt fuchs uh we call him corn we're gonna call him corn tonight for the sake of the conversation i think he is a uh car mechanic but he is also pretty handy with boats he's the one that kind of helped me when i got mine teaching me how to winterize and change gear lube change oil do all like the necessities and uh what he did for me was pretty cool i mean i think we all kind of need a friend like him he i went to his house i was like hey i got a boat can you help me out he's like yeah went to his house and he literally was like get your ass in the truck. We're going to Walmart. I'm going to show you what you need. Like he took me to the, the aisle in Walmart, showed me like the oil I need, like the pump, the, like everything that I need to get started. And that's, that, that was awesome. Like from then on, I knew how to do what I had to do. And 
Now, hopefully we can help some other people do the same, I guess. Thanks, Tom. I appreciate that. I was going to say, that's awesome. Say hi, guys. Hi, Mark. Long time to talk, buddy. <laughs> yeah. How are you guys doing tonight? Good, Mark. Doing good. Doing good. Mark doing also good. a uh, boat ninja. He's kind of like a boat tinkerer, always playing with things on his boats. Yeah, well, Mark. Mark, Mark just bought, rebuilt a, a John boat basically from, you know, from the ground up, so to speak, and made it into his little, uh, you know, sh- shallow water, more shallow water boat. And uh, that's, I, I want to talk to him a little bit about that tonight, about how he did that build. So we got a, a, a number of different things because we also have the big news, which I think everyone should just give a small round of applause. Insert the DJ horn. <laughs> insert the round of applause we have ryan reed has purchased his first boat they said he wouldn't do it they said it would never happen well i i gotta be honest it's been very stressful (laughs) the last couple of days over here i am it doesn't get any better i am freaking out Currently, I, I told I told Deanna, I, I walked in the door tonight and I said, you know, I think it finally hit me. Like after pulling into to my my driveway in the back and seeing the boat sitting there, I'm like, man, I, I can't believe this is actually a reality right now. But there's a there's a lot going through my mind at this present time, boys. <laughs> and I everyone's and it, having kids and Ryan <laughs> Reed went out and said, screw it, I'm getting a boat. Yeah, so finally pulled the trigger. Man after my own heart. Man after my own heart. (laughs) Well, I can't. Yeah, I I can say that it it feels really good to finally accomplish that because you guys know it's been, I've been talking about this for years, you know, and this is something that, you know, I was was talking to my dad and my brother. It's like, you know, these are things that we've always like, this is a thing that we've always dreamed about doing. And even though this boat isn't the biggest boat, it's not the widest boat, you know, it's not, doesn't have all the bells and whistles. Like fact is like it's sitting in my driveway and I, I could, I'm like perk is a rotten buck right now. You know? <laughs> so what, what, puppy with two the, what'd you end up getting? All right. So I got and, and looking at his notes. I don't want to, what I don't want to do is like, I don't want to spend way too much time talking about this, but I think it was kind of wild because you guys know, like we were talking about this like last week and D and I had like a few like major discussions. Okay. When it came to buying this boat and I think it was like a Wednesday. We're going to put discussion in air quotes there. Yeah. So we, 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 we've been talking through this and it was like, okay, I'm not going to do like we talked, I'm not going to do a new boat looking for a used boat. Finally got the blessing on like Wednesday night. Okay. This is last week. So Thursday night, I saw this boat pop up on Facebook Marketplace. And like it was like two minutes in, I messaged the guy. And he gets back to me and gives me all the specs and everything. And we we talked. We had a couple exchanges. And basically, I was like, you know what, dude? I don't know. if At that list price, like I don't know if I feel comfortable doing that. You know, just with, with everything else I would have to do, like no trolling motor, you know, all this stuff. And he just like came back like like six hours like six hours later. It was like Friday morning. He comes back to me and he says, All right, I'm just gonna throw this out there. I need to get rid of this boat. 
I'm going to pick a new boat up in Michigan. Like, let's, let's, let's do this. So he threw a number at me. My jaw about hit the floor. And I looked at Deanna and said, I don't know what to do with this. And she looked at me and she's like, let's go look at it. <clears throat> so I talked to him a little bit more. We drove down on Saturday, took a look at the boat. And next thing I knew, I was driving home with it. It was attached to my truck and I was freaking out, dude. I was going to say, were you terrified on the way home? And you know what? I got in. So I was nervous. We like I had a I had an issue with the with the trailer hitch and I went to dude on Friday night. I went to Home Depot and I bought every single piece of like towing equipment that they had. Like I bought freaking, I bought multiple like a little tennis balls for backing up. Yes, like I bought I bought everything. I was like I don't know what I'm gonna need for this. The receivers I got like multiple you know hitches balls all this stuff and I'm like something's got to work right like it has something has to work here. So we get down there and, and I immediately had an issue with like the first one I tried to attach to the receiver. I get all the way down there and realize that the pin, like the hitch pin popped and the pin fell out and literally like the ball that goes in, like the, the attachment that goes into the receiver was just like hanging there. The whole way home? No, like when I, on the way down. Oh. So I, I like literally pull into the marina and I go to look and I'm like, that's not right. <laughs> I have so no the, you the, you mean the linchpin had popped out? Yeah, like the pin where you have the cotter pin going into like the actual lock pin for the I'm calling yeah. it hitch, but like it it completely popped and fell off somewhere down 79. <laughs> and and the actual like receiver was still attached to the truck like the well the, like the the hitch itself was still attached to the truck but like it was like moving around and stuff. I'm like this is not going to be good. <laughs> So yeah, yeah. So I had, like I said, we're off to a good start. Yeah, really. And so I popped the other one in, and I put the lock pin. Like I bought one of those pins that lock, and it was perfectly fine, no problems. Until we get everything hooked up on the boat and realize I didn't have a pigtail for the lights. Oh, (laughs) little connection thingy. Yeah, I'm. I've I've started this journey learning the hard way. So I ultimately got a pigtail and we were all good. We, we, we hitched, we got everything, we got everything up on the, on the truck. And Tom, like to answer your question, I was sitting there and I'm like, I looked at her, she looked at me and I was like, I guess we're doing this. So I How pulled many times out. Do you think you looked in the rear view mirror on the way home? You know what, dude, I pulled over out or under her a thousand. <laughs> right. What do you guys, you, you think the over under is th- I'm going to say probably a half dozen times. <laughs> oh, more than that. Way no, more. You once, did that yeah. in the first 10 blocks. Once, yeah. once I right. got out on the road, I was like, it was fine. Like I realized that that boat, it's so light and like everything just sits behind the truck. Like it lit, dude, it was crazy. I was like, wow, this is cool. I was like, I forget I'm, mine's there at times too. We're, we're driving out. I'm like, I'm going to switch lanes. Like I'm some big, Ooh. you know what I mean? Like I'm going to switch <laughs> lanes right now. Like I switched lanes and I was like, all right, this is cool. So <laughs> we get it, <clears throat> get it all the way home. And you guys, I don't know if, I don't know who's been to my house. I don't know that any of you guys have. I get this real narrow alley in my back where my parking pad's at. And the first thing I'm thinking is like, dude, I got to back this thing up. This is going to be a nightmare. I kid you guys not. First try. I popped that sucker in reverse, flew it right into my parking pad, unhitched it. And I was like, this is 
freaking easy. I don't even know what Tom's talking about. That's, that's exactly what I'm saying. Fake news. Fake news. I've seen you back a trailer up. There's no way that happened. <laughs> it, it happened. I, I assure you it did. And I am still like in shock. So, yeah, it uh, that's my story. So I had I had a few little bumps in the road to get it home, but almost lost the boat. Oh, no. this was this was pre this was pre hooking the boat up. So did you not put the cotter pin in? No, I did. Was that a locking? No, it just was a straight cotter pin. Like it was it, the like the pin that goes into the receiver to lock the actual hitch on. Like I had a straight cotter pin just in there and i guess the, the problem was the hitch was too like thin in the receiver or it wasn't like jiggling. it was jiggling around and somehow it popped right out of there i have wow. no i have no answer for it i just know that it happened and thank god i went to home depot the night before and just bought everything they had because ultimately it worked out We'll start there, maybe then, since we're told we're doing this whole new boat maintenance discussion. What did you get? What, what did you get at your uh, little shopping spree that you thought was going to help you out? Multiple linchpins. Yeah, apparently yeah. a couple, <laughs> a couple different receivers. Yeah. <laughs> so I got so Home Depot has like this like giant like hitch with like three different balls and a tow hook on it. Right, you it's, can like rotate yeah. it to get yeah, different and size it's got balls, the different yeah. size balls and everything. So. I, I got that and then I got like a smaller hitch with like a two inch ball, two inch drop. Okay. Cause that, from my understanding, that's like standard. Is that standard, Matt? Yeah, that's, that's pretty much standard. I mean, all trailers have different size balls. Like my dad has a 16 footer, which is equivalent to what, you know, a lot of you guys have, but it's an inch and a seven eighth ball on that trailer. So it all depends on the manufacturer of the trailer or what it is. If it's a two inch ball, inch and a seven eighth, you get up into some bigger boats and they have two and a quarter. They're bigger balls. Some big so, balls. That's big balls. But, but is the two inches pretty standard or no? Yeah, pretty standard. Pretty standard. It's hard to say like, yeah, that's a good baseline across the board because I have run into a lot of different sizes. But yeah, two inches is pretty much your go-to size. Two inch ball, two inch drop. And you never know. Some guy could have, because usually it's just two big bolts that run through that yeah. uh, latch. Right. So anybody could change it. Like my boat has a, uh, my boat has a surge brake on the front of it, and somebody changed it. So it's an inch and a seven eighth when it should be two inches. So it's like Nick said, if somebody's in there messing around, changing stuff, yeah, it could knows? be whatever. Yeah. It could be whatever. So, yeah. So you know, this is me not knowing anything about anything. Like literally, whenever I, whenever we took Dan's boat up to arthur like he used all of his stuff like i basically pulled my truck up he threw his boat on and i was like that looks cool like and then we just drove up <clears throat> so this was a whole uh, whole different ball game but i i ended up buying like multiple hitches multiple pins like i had i got cotter pins i got this like extender for the actual like receiver which i don't mm -hmm. even know what the heck you would use that for well, I actually need one of those on my Jeep sometimes, like if I'm putting certain things on the back as like a spare tire carrier, like if you have a Jeep or like a vehicle with a big tire on the back, you need that extra foot to get like beyond your tire. Right. Okay. So, and it, that's basically the gist of it. Like I just bought every, like literally one of everything on the shelf and I'm like, <laughs> we're going, we're doing Did you get a spare tire carrier? Did that trailer come with one on it or? That trailer does not have a spare tire carrier and i also need an actual spare tire which i did look up tonight go ahead swank 
You can get that spare tire carrier Ooh. at your local Harbor, Harbor Freight. Harbor Freight. <laughs> so I have to bleep that out till they give us a deal. So to answer Nick's question, this boat is an Alumacraft 165 Lunker. It's a 2012, not a not a, a new boat by any means. But I will say this is probably one of the cleanest boats that I've seen. Uh, at least on marketplace. And then when I showed up and actually looked at it, I was like completely blown away. Like the guy that owned this boat took really good care of it. Um, just, you could tell aside from like a small chip in the, in the skag, like it, everything is just like clean. And it, it came with a 20 Yamaha, which you guys know, that's what I was after. I wanted a Yamaha motor. I wanted the 20 to be able to fish our lakes here, the state parks and things. And no trolling motor. The graph that came with it, it's like old. It it barely fires up. I now, why I, no? Did he keep the trolling motor, or did it not have one on it? He kept it. We we ended up taking that off, um, like in Sheets parking lot. Uh, he just he said he bought a new boat and he wanted to be able to put that on his other boat. And and keeping in mind, like you guys know, like musky fishing, we're a little different. We're a different breed. Okay, this guy was taking this boat up on Erie and a little bit of, yeah, like a little bit of wild stuff going on with this. Like as far <laughs> as like changing like the idle on the motor, which I need to look at, I need to figure that out and like leveraging this trolling motor to be able to like maintain a trolling speed to catch walleyes. That's like how he explained it to me. So, you know, aside hey, from that, yeah, like it, it using it to slow him down right, right? exactly hundred percent oh so he could idle and then still use the trolling motor to get to whatever speed he wanted to be at so he didn't have to you know worry about it he just set it on idle and then him and his daughter could fish you know off the back of the boat and he wouldn't have to worry i guess just steer you know steer it's a side console so steer and go so he bumped up the idle so that it would he bumped it down yeah, probably that's what he did. Yeah, he bumped it down, and like he showed me what he showed me what he did. I've watched like a dozen videos on this, and it does not seem that hard. You're basically no. It should just be a screw on the side of the motor on the throttle. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I I got to play around with that a little bit just to get it. I want to try to take it back to where it was at stock wise. You know, maybe that's something Matt you would have some insight into. But right. I, from what I, what I've seen, call corn. Just call corn. You need the billboards. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can so, quit my job at the dealership just fix uh, boats. I might be happy. Okay, that actually brings me to a, 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 <laughs> a good question right off the bat. And that is why the hell is there nobody that works on outboards in in the Pittsburgh area? There's no like you have like dealership. Yeah, I mean and when I say dealership, I don't mean like major dealership. I mean just a boat shop. I mean, we live on three rivers for God's sake, you know, all these marinas and you try to get someone to work on an outboard and it's like, you know, it's like pulling teeth and I'm, I'm trying to offer people, you know, listen, I'll pay you to, to come and come to my house and look at my boat. And I couldn't get anyone to move. It's like, where, where are the guys that know how to work on these things? You know, growing up there, you know, we've always had outboards and, before we started fishing up on Lake Erie and got into bigger motors, we had nine nines, 15, stuff like that. And they were, they're 
outboards now around the three rivers, you look at a lot of the boats sitting in these marinas, they're inboards, they're IOs, they got stern drives. And a lot of these places that are training technicians to work on boats, it's not outboards. It's not nine nines. It's not 15s. It's not twenties. It's the Verados and the new three hundreds and the 250 horsepower to pro XS. And that's, it's hard to find somebody. I went through it a couple of times trying to find people to fix stuff that, you know, I couldn't figure out after hours and hundreds of dollars of trying parts and whatever I could to figure it out. So yeah, it's hard to find anybody to work on a boat right now. I will so, give, I mean, I will give a shout out to, uh, Oh man, I think it's Pimatumi boat sales down in yeah. uh, Jamestown. Those yeah, dudes, they're good. Especially for Yamaha's. They're like, I literally called the guy up. I was having trouble putting the lower unit back on after we changed the like main seal at the bottom of the motor on a nine nine. And the guy was like, Oh yeah, you just there's like a little rubber nipple in there. You gotta like lube up the brass drop tube and you know, just try it a bunch of times. And he's like, That's all I've got nipples, Greg. Can you milk me? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> as long as they're greased first. Lubed up, yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure those are the guys that uh, hooked on senior up a couple uh, a few years ago now at uh, when our wheel fell off the trailer at time oh. oh, really? ramp oh. tournament. Uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that <laughs> dudes, uh, it was time tuning boat sales that he went. That's where he ended up and they got him the, the new hub and everything. Yeah. They were able to size him up with what he needed and send him back and I think got us rolling again. That's my biggest fear. That is my biggest fear with trailer and boats is that a bearing goes out. <laughs> I mean, I cringe when I drive down 79 and you just see the lone boats sitting there on the side of the road. And I'm like, oh, oh. we made it the whole way up there. And literally we, we got to the ramp, back the boat. My dad backed me into the water. I was on the boat. I, I took off when he pulled back up. The trailer was dragging and one one wheel was floating in the water. I've seen it. Freaking fell off right when you backed me down. The Why don't ramp. we talk about that a little? Because I know one of our guys here, uh, old Marky Mark, he's a wheel bearing replacement expert, I think, yeah. from what I hear. So, I mean, that's, that's, a, <laughs> that's a problem that happens a lot. So, I mean, we could talk about that a little. How do you go? How do you know that happened? How do you fix it? Freeze your bearings. I learned that. Yeah, check your rear seals because that's what happened with mine in july i had a crack in it let water in and it shot the bones pulling it to a boat ramp the wheel started making a horrible sound grease everywhere and yeah and it was pouring down rain too how would you check for that you know you just honestly that just comes down to like if we're going to talk about maintenance that's just one of them things you look at you know, if you got the drive, boat in the driveway, you know, check your tire pressures, check your grease. You know, they make bearing buddies, which are the best thing ever made for boat trailers because you just got a grease fitting right on the end. You pop the cap off, you pump some grease in there, and when it's full, it starts coming back out at you, and you put it back in. But crawl under, look at the back of the hub, and see if there's grease coming out of the back of it. You know, one thing I always try to do every year, and it's probably overkill, but I repack my bearings every year. Yeah, and so I don't. Long. Okay, we talked about that mm -hmm. as in our group text uh, text chain that you know none of us. Oh, I mean, I shouldn't speak for. I, 
most of us don't have the, you know, have never done that. No. And I even said like, Hey guys, you guys want to like get together, you know, for a weekend and learn how to, you know, Bearing figure out how to do that. Yeah. Just <laughs> figure it all how to yeah. figure out how to do this stuff because I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to, you know, yeah, change yeah. the, the, the oil, the, you know, the lower, lower unit and all that good stuff. Yeah. And honestly, that's stuff that once you have somebody show you mm. how to do it, you know mm. how to do it. Exactly. One guy right. that knows what you're doing comes over or whatever. I mean, YouTube's a good tool too. Yeah. I'm a mechanic by trade. I can't tell you how many times I go on YouTube because I'm stumped on something. <laughs> I can't I find it. it in a service manual or something crazy. And you go on YouTube and there's Bassmaster 69 has a yeah. three minute video on Yeah, that. some idiot on YouTube shows you something and you go, huh, look at that. That was slick. And then you just it becomes part of the arson. Go ahead, Mark. I mean, go ahead, Mark. I was going to say also when checking your bearings, jack up the trailer, spin the tire, listen and see if there's any grinding sounds and also, you know, grab it and try to wiggle it side to side. If there's any play in it, there's something going on. I also, I'll knock the bearing buddies off and see if any water got in there because water is the enemy with the oil. It'll start rusting your bearings and then they'll, they'll go quick. So I know from, experience so, so these bearing buddies like do is that is that an add-on like mm -hmm. or do you is that a new yeah. bearing that you that you know bearing buddies is what has that zerk fitting that you can pump the grease into you can pop them off with a mallet you just spin the tire and whack on them and they'll pop off i was gonna say as far as like preventative measures like for the bad bearings that like that's all you can do though pretty much is just jack it up give it some wiggle pay attention if it's wiggling then you know you have your yeah. due probably well, like mine, mine went like two months. I checked them, repacked them. And then what happened was I had a crack in the rear seal that was letting water in and it just rusted them bearings out and they exploded in the ramp. <clears throat> but I mean, leading up to that point, the only way to tell that's coming is that little bit of wiggle then. Yeah. And if you see, if you see that like starburst of grease on your like rim. flying out. Man. Yeah. What I always do is I just touch the bearing. Like if you stop at a gas station or before you put the boat in the water, when you're walking around unstrapping the boat or stop at a rest stop or something, just touch the bearing. If it's hot, mm. when you're driving up the road, there's something going on in there. You need to think about repacking it. Hope you make it home in one piece. But <laughs> that's another good thing is like what Mark said, jack it up. There shouldn't be any play side to side. Spin it, listen for any noise. And when you're on a road, just take a second before you hit the rest stop to touch the bearing. If it's mm -hmm. hot to the touch, they'll get warm. But if it's hot to the touch, there's something going on. There. And if it's hot to the touch, would you like repack it right then and there? Or what, how would, what would you do? Well, if I had everything in the truck, yeah, I would. But yeah. if I don't, I would kind of, I would be the first thing I did when I got home. Yeah, you know like I, I carry a whole thing in the back of my truck. In a compartment, I have an extra hub. I got extra grease, and I have probably a dozen rubber gloves because it's a messy job. <laughs> I now have a bearing puller also because what happened with mine when it exploded was the actual bearing, it kind of like got stuck on the spindle, and I could not get it off. And I actually had to have a friend come over with a puller, and we had to put it on there and – crank on it to get it to come free it was not fun sounds like you had a good one <laughs> yeah and it was raining the whole time too which oh. made it even better 
And I also, I like, I carry a jack in the back of my truck. I, I have everything. So what is, okay. So question here. You're say this, ask say, say this, say this happens on the side of 79. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> what do you like? Do you just call triple a? Like, what do you, yeah, like, you what do you do? You do call it. Thing corn. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. You call me and I come down and help you. Exactly. Mark, <laughs> I'm, I'm on the side call, of 79. <laughs> so what is this stuff? Like in all honesty, like if you get into a bind, right? Like, is that something that triple a can even help you with? Does anybody know? So, so boat USA, okay. they have tow insurance for your boat. So if you're out on a lake and your boat breaks down, you call them, they'll come tow you off the lake. They also have coverage for your trailer. My little cousin last summer coming over from Conneaut Lake, bass fishing, blew a bearing out at the pilot truck stop at Slippery Rock. I couldn't help him out. He had boat USA. They sent a flatbed up put the boat on a flatbed and towed it to where it needed to go. So it's like triple A for boats. It's, it's worth the money. Okay. Especially so, if you fish like Gary at all. Cause that's, yes. It's not like Dota where another pontoon's 20 feet away to tow you in out no. there. Just out of curiosity, what, what is a kit? So talk to me about this like roadside kit, Mark, like you've got this Jack, like I've been looking at trailer jacks and all this other stuff. Yeah, I, I just have a floor Jack in the back of my truck and a mallet. And obviously a lug wrench. I bought a spare hub for my boat that fits. They're like 59 bucks. They're already pre-greased. That's a good enough to at least get me home to where I can take the old one off, repack the bearings, and put it back in. I think that that makes the most sense is having like more or less the entire unit that you can replace as opposed to trying to actually replace a bear you know replace the bearings or repack them on the side of the road i mean that's sounds sounds a bit much i mean i was was gonna ask exactly what goes into repacking the bearings like are we talking a three-hour job are we talking an hour job or does it depend on if you have the right equipment it depends on if you got the right stuff and like mark said his bearing was seized on the spindle so that bearing gets seized on there it's it's a tougher job yeah. Now, if it's not seized on her, you could probably do both in an hour. I would say in your driveway on a side of seventy nine. <laughs> who knows? That's probably that's probably <laughs> if you've done it before. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? But as as far as repacking the bearings, you have an inner bearing and an outer bearing, and the two races. You pretty much need a punch to punch out the races, and then to put the new races back in. I actually have. I forget what it's called. It's actual cedar that you put over top of the race and pound them in. You know what they're called, corn? Uh, it's a, a race seat tool. Yeah, I, I, I brought it at Harbor Freight for like twenty nine bucks. Nice. So. There you go. You pound the new race in. You take the brand new bearing, put a pile of grease on your palm, and just knead it through that yeah. bearing all the way around. Get it get the grease through the bearings, put it on, slide it on, then put the outer bearing on and castle nut. and Make sure it's not too tight. Don't tie that yeah. castle down too tight because you will over-tighten it and burn the bearings out prematurely. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Here's a question where I'll really show my stupid when it comes to mechanics. And this is probably one for corn here. So why we're, we're packing our bearings and changing our bearings and worried about our bearings. Why – and when I get in my Jeep, do I not have to worry about 
pat by wheel bearings in right. a jeep like why why, why is the trailer so different than yeah. than you know our why cars? is my trailer a problem child how many times do you submerge your car in water that's thank true you. thank you that's another thing a lot of guys don't think about it but say you drive up 79 to one of the lakes or whatever wherever you're going you drive two half three hours mm-hmm. that bearing's going to be warm it's going to be warm and then you get there you're in a rush Dunk to it fit. In water. you unstrap the boat throw all your stuff in it dunk it in the water you've just basically stuck it in a freezer and that metal will contract suck exactly. that water in yeah i see and that makes that's sense. where that's where the wear comes from so your car too that bearing is exponentially bigger mm. and more heavy duty because it's used every day it's designed to be driven every day and they do fail i replace them all the time but that bearing in your car is bigger this is a little I mean, Do the they side put bearings trailer. like that on any boat. I mean, like your bigger boat trailers. I assume they're going to have a little yeah, it's a fancier whole different... get up. Yeah, yeah, that's because then you're adding brakes and yeah. all kinds of stuff, and yeah. it's a whole different ball of wax. But you know, they, there's a company out called Vortec Hubs. We have them on our aluminum craft boat. We've had them on there for three years now. I think it was like 150 bucks for both of them. Don't quote me on that, but. They've been great, and they're non-serviceable, and they have a warranty on them, too. So if they do blow out, they'll send you another one. And we've had no problems with it. We we tow that Alumacraft. My dad tows his Alumacraft from Pittsburgh to Conneaut, Ohio, Ashtabula, Port Clinton, religiously, all the time. What, si- this- what size boat does he have? It's an, a 185 trophy. Oh, so it's a, that's a bigger boat. Is it a is it a, a- – what do they call the, the trailers with two wheels as opposed now, to one? Now that boat should have a dual axle trailer, but it dual doesn't. axle, yeah. I wish it did, but it doesn't. Now my boat is twenty three foot. It has a dual axle trailer, but it has surge brakes on it. It's a whole other ball wax that you start getting into. Because one of the first things I did when I bought it was jack the trailer up and repack the bearings, pulled it all apart, made the bearings the way I want them, so I could trust them dragging the boat up the road. Wow. Those vortex bearings are they oil bath or just no soup? no they're grease they're grease but they're my me and my dad have had nothing but I mean we drag a boat home from Pontiac August when it's a hundred degrees and it's probably even hotter on the highway you get out to go to the bathroom and the the hubs are cool to the touch so we've been happy with those those are I feel worth the investment. I like what we said a while back about stopping at the rest stop and touching your hubs and stuff. Cause like being a new boat owner, man, like Kayla knows if we're going somewhere more than like an hour away, I'm stopping and I'm going to like check my straps. Like, and I, I know like, as you own a boat longer, you don't do that. But like, it's like, especially going to like Cannon Dota, I'll stop at a rest stop maybe twice and just check my straps, give my hubs a feel, you know, make sure yeah. nothing's swinging out of the back of the boat. I lost yeah. a motor toter earlier this year. I hit a bump oh. and it threw the motor toter off. So I like to check for things like that. I mean, it doesn't hurt. It takes five minutes to stop and potentially yeah. save yourself. See, I blew a strap on the way home too. Yeah. See? <laughs> yeah. Stop for a minute. Check them yeah. out. As you get and, better, that's not going to happen as much. But yeah, was, uh, I actually pulled off to check and I didn't like, I was just, uh, I, I checked because uh, I had like the way he has a setup is there's like this little, flap on the back that covers like where like underneath like the storage in the back of the boat where like the splash well is well the buttons popped and it was like flapping in the wind so i just like pulled over and just snapped it real quick didn't walk around the back of the boat should have i was already out of the 
truck should have walked around the back. I get home and the freaking strap, the right strap is just snapped, just like hanging there by the by the the hook. So yeah, I love- dude, I'll do it. I'll be I'll pull out of the launch ramp and I'll make it to like the first stop sign. And if nobody's behind me, I'm like, eh, I better just check and make sure yeah. my straps are. Yeah, it doesn't hurt. No, just that one two minutes of. Yeah, just it's saved me quite house. a few times. You'd be you'd be amazed how many last minute checks I did where I realized I forgot to put like my like the what do they call the the boat buddy the boat buckle things like I'll forget to do yeah. a boat buckle or something yeah. stupid. Yeah, I forget uh, to forget to put I, your cotter pin in, etc. I had a buddy actually lose his boat off the trailer one day at the launch because he forgot to put the straps on it. The mm. boat came off the trailer at the launch. And when you're new, you're prone to shit like that. Like you're like Ryan, like you're going to be all excited. You're going to have guys trying to talk to you while you're doing your routine. Like, where'd you get the boat? What, what year is this? What's that? Just ignore them. Be like, talk to me after I'm done. I have a routine, like plug in, do this, do that. And then talk, or you're going to be screwed. Uh, Well, I, I feel like maybe that's a difference between, I mean, obviously a bigger boat is more difficult to, to trailer, to do everything. I mean, my boat, I've never trailered it, you know, a uh, far lengthwise because I just have never really, I mean, I did it from Indiana to Canada, but that was just getting it there. But, you know, in terms of putting it in and out of the water, it's pretty damn simple. Mm-hmm. Like it's not that like, everyone's like, Oh, wait until you got to launch it by yourself. I mean, I've launched it by myself a little bit, like literally nice. 20 times this year when I've been working on it. It's like uh, that. It, I don't understand what the, what all the difficulty is that people have are bigger boats harder to launch? I assume yes. <laughs> it depends. Yeah, some of the bigger boats are harder to launch because here's the thing: when you get to a certain size boat, you can't grab it and move it. Yeah, you can't throw right, it around. Right, right. You can. You're right. You can no yeah. longer just grab it and pull it up, pull yeah, it off like, to the side like you can with mine. Yeah. You know, my buddy, he has. A, he's a charter captain on Lake Erie. He's got a 30 foot Cherokee. It's huge. You're not I think kicking the boat that weighs, one onto the trailer. I think the boat weighs more than 10,000 pounds. If you ha- if you grab the rail on the boat. And the wind takes it or it starts moving, it'll rip you right off the dock if you're not paying attention. So, yeah, they can be. But here's the thing I tell everybody, like I told Tom when he started and we went down to the boat ramp, the boat floats, back it in the water, it'll float. Let it, right. It's going to float. That's what it's designed to do. Back as long it in as the your water. plugs in, make sure the plugs right. <laughs> Well, yeah, make sure the plugs in. But like you said, I mean, here's the thing. Yeah, when you're new, you're more prone to that stuff, but it still happens to the veterans. I've watched it numerous times and you're looking at guys with a hundred thousand dollar tournament boats that he backed the boat in the water and the straps still on the back and he can't get the boat off the trailer or figure out why i mean it it owning a boat you're gonna run into some sort of problem at some point or you're gonna do something dumb it's just the way it goes which is why i'd rather do something dumb with my cheap little jimmers than with you know <laughs> yeah. a thirty thousand dollar forty thousand dollar boat yeah. I, i'm cool with that yeah i can sink it, it. <laughs> <laughs> can sink it dry it off sink it sink it it'll be all right it'll dry out we talked about the bearings i know there's some other beginner maintenance stuff that doesn't end at bearings i mean we were talking about you got your winterization yeah i mean what what do you recommend okay so first let's say we all have small engines i, I mean donnie you have a bigger engine mark i think you have a do you have a bigger en- okay no they're so, I have a Tahatsu that's a, I think it's a 1599, whatever that the, the one that can be both. Yeah. And, uh, and it's a two, I want to say it's a 2008 or 2009. 
I've never changed the oil. I've never winterized it. I've never done anything in the last three years. <laughs> Mark Mark's shaking his head. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I even know that's bad. <laughs> oh, God. Mark was giving me the dad look, man. <laughs> Mark almost just signed off. <laughs> Oh, and let I him, think let him collect some of my time head. first. Um, winterization. Wait, three years, dude. Uh, <laughs> three years. Yeah, but how yeah. much have you really used? I barely at all. I mean, my my hours used is, I don't know, maybe twenty over the last three years of runtime. Because I, I don't I don't troll that I don't troll a ton. It sits in the water there all the time, right? All summer. No, I put I put it up. So oh, I, t- nice. I I I tilt it up, and it's normally my old cover covered it. Mark, then it. Yeah, except for when it sinks. But no, I trim it up because it. it, it so I, I keep it out of the water. Um, we did change it when I first bought the boat in 2020. We we did do the my like my dad did it before we bought it. So it was done at that point, but I haven't done it since. Okay. <laughs> Mark's face is just crazy. so I got I got <laughs> three years to light them up first. Mark, <laughs> I got <Mark>. three years <laughs> to neglect my motor is what Owen's telling me. I got no, years. not at all, Ryan. Not okay. at all. <laughs> all right, thanks for not the clarification. <laughs> not at all. Mark's still oh. Mark's still gathering himself over there, and then he's I think he's going to talk a little bit about why you shouldn't do that. <laughs> oh. All right, so tell me what I need to do. Wait, change the oil, number one. Number um, one. Every year I try to – I think every year on, on all our motors, every year I change the oil, the main engine oil, and the lower unit oil every year. Now, that's just preventative maintenance. You've got oil. Everything that needs to be lubricated is lubricated, and you've touched it. And, okay, that's good. I can go fishing for another season. Another thing that I like to do, and it's cheap. Once, Like I said before, once you have somebody show you how to do this stuff, it's really quite easy. Yep. Harbor Freight. Can give you the tools. There you go. go get Cha-ching. the tool. Okay, you don't need a snap on or anything fancy. But I like to change the fuel filters because on those little motors, the biggest Achilles heel of them is fuel. So fuel filters, spark plugs, change the engine oil and the lower unit oil. Now, I every three years I change my impeller as well. So the water pump for the motor that cools the motor, I change it every three years. At and least. is that stuff that you can just buy? Yeah. Aftermarket, or do you have to get? Do I have to get a Tahatsu? No, there's a company called Sierra Nevada that does okay. a really good job with with parts, aftermarket parts. Um, me, I buy the OEM stuff. Sure, it's going to cost a couple bucks more, but I'm doing the work. I'm not paying somebody, and there's no markup through a a dealership or a, a mechanic that's going to charge you another five dollars on top of that part mm-hmm. because he had to order it. So I like to go with the OEM stuff. And it's really, with those smaller motors, it's inexpensive at a point. They're like $12. Yeah. And that's at a boat dealership. Mm -hmm. They're not expensive at all. Um, But those are just a couple little quick things you can do every year to just maintain your motor and make sure it's running good. Like, Mark, do you have a kicker motor on your boat? I just have two 20s. I have two boats. So I have a 20 on each boat. Okay, so like our boat has a kicker motor on it for guys to troll for musty. That kicker motor is your lifeblood. I mean, that's what you're using. You're you're on that 90% of the day other than when you're running to your spot or whatever. So you and it's trolling at lower RPMs. It's not 
running wide open and changing RPMs and it's sitting there constantly. So that's why it's good to change the oil and the spark plugs because the oil will break down from that use. And the spark plugs, it could load up and it could foul out spark plugs. And then you're not burning the fuel efficiently and you get into all the other motor problems that can happen. So for a smaller motor like that, don't quote me again, but for a hundred bucks to buy the parts in an afternoon in the driveway, you take care of a lot of your issues. And like he said, I mean, I haven't done the spark plugs yet, but as far as like changing your lower unit oil, your oil, your oil filter, man, like I was going into that. I, you know, like I can't fix a toaster, man. Like if something breaks, I am useless. And he had corn show me that one time. I think next year I kind of called him and I was like, Hey, give me like the quick rundown on that again, like the spark notes version. And from then on, I could like do it with my eyes closed. It's like so easy. A monkey could do it. I'd, I have cleared it with the wife that I am at least planning on bringing the boat home. I'm going to trailer back here to Pittsburgh and put it in my backyard for uh, a couple of weeks at least and do all these things that I, I don't really have the opportunity to do up there. So I do. I want to do all this. Like, uh, you know, that's why I want to have this episode because I. Once you see I mean, the first time how easy it is, you're going to laugh. You're going to be like, oh, shit. Like, that's all I'm sure. Well, that's like everything in life. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, oh, do you have a Tohatsu on the back of that? I do, yeah. Yeah. Anything you really need to do is make sure you get those. They're like fiber washers that go underneath the you know, bolts on the lower unit. Yeah. You need to replace them, they say. I replace okay. them every time I do it. Another reason why you need to do it, if you have any water in there at all and your boat sits outside and it freezes, that yeah. water can crack your lower unit and then you'll be in big trouble. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good point, Mark. Thank you. But uh, yeah, replace those O-rings. They're called washers, O-rings, whatever. It's always good to have, I mean, we buy, I'll buy a pack of them. I think they come in like packs of five, some of them. Yeah. They're like 50 cents a piece or so. Yeah. Just to have them there because our big motor, I went to change the oil on it last year and the oil was all milkshake from water getting into the lower unit. And that's no good. So luckily I had the parts on hand and I fixed it and the lower unit was fine. We ran it all summer and it was good. Which but seal went bad. Yeah, the seal went bad. The Which seal one? cracked the very bottom one. The, the, the very bottom on a lower unit where you drain the oil from. Yeah, it was it wasn't terrible, That's but we good. caught it. I didn't know that. Yeah. I'll have to get some of those. That's the one thing I haven't been doing. Yeah, that's a good thing to do. And especially with you trolling a lot more, Tom, that's Nah, I wouldn't say a lot more. Resident <laughs> trolling Easy expert. Self-proclaimed expert. <laughs> and yeah. trolling, like shoreline trolling in the shallows, that impeller probably needs to be changed a little more frequently too because from what I've been told is the other than it dry rotting, it picking up sand from shallow water, weeds, it will tear or you know, damage them more often than if you're just running it you know, from spot to spot. Well, that, yeah, is well that-, some, that is something that's a concern at Canadota because in the middle of summer, it's so choked with weeds and the weeds are like real close to my dock. So it's not I, like if I don't get out there and clean the weeds off of my prop, you know, it's, it'll just like, I'll go into the dock and it's just chock full of chock full of weeds. I got to go out there and either spray off or pull off myself. I don't know about yours, but I know mine, it actually has a wash port like my my outboard like there's actually like a seal like a little bolt kind of like you use to change your oil and stuff where you can hook up a hose and like rinse out your intake and stuff i don't know if yours has that or 
some of the newer motors have had to be able to flush that water system because like Mark said, yeah, that thing can get damaged. It's rubber. Mm -hmm. So you get sand, debris in there, that thing spinning around it, five, six, seven hundred, a thousand RPMs, whatever. That's abrasive and it will wear it down. My boat this spring, when I pulled it out of the storage, I fired up my little motor and the impeller had disintegrated. So I had to replace it. I don't know what it's from. The guy that I bought it off of told me he just replaced it. Obviously, that's not true. But, uh, you know, that's just little things that you can do at home to shore up your fishing season that you're not going to have any issues. Because let's be honest, there are toys. We love our boats. When we take them out, we want them to run. We don't want to have right. problems. We want to go fishing. The boat has right. to run at a certain point. That's why we have it. So you take these little steps throughout the season before it, at the end of the season, whenever you want to do it, whatever your timeline is, you want to do it when you pull it out of the water, or you say, that's it. I'm done fishing for the year. You take a day and you do all this little stuff. It just makes sure next, next year you can pull it out and fire it up in the driveway on your earmuffs and go fishing. Mm -hmm. And you don't have anything to worry about. Hopefully. So <clears throat> Dan brought these earmuffs up to me tonight. I was talking to him a little bit about that. So I was under the impression that like my, my motor has that little adapter. Like Nick pointed that out whenever I sent you guys the pictures. Like I should be able to hook that up to the hose and flush it. But my question is, you can start the motor with that on as long as the motor is spinning, correct? Yep. What do you mean? I'm not sure. I'm yeah, not what do you sure mean? On, but so never the, the, start your motor without water going to it because you'll burn your impeller up. Right. A thousand times faster running it out of the water. But those adapters on the, the motor to hook the hose up, right? You got water flowing through the motor. You can start the motor as long as the water's flowing through it, correct? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Would, yeah. What are you I, talking yeah, about? Adapter? But isn't, the, isn't that the point of the earmuffs? Is yeah, like what that, do you mean an adapter? That's what keeps it's, the it's water. The it's, a thing, it's a thing that hangs off the motor that you attach the hose to that you're like, talking So about. you screw the hose directly into the motor without earmuffs? Yeah, most of the Yamahas yeah. have a little uh, hose fitting adapter right well, on them. That's freaking nifty. That just threads onto the bracket. The I side. use a leaky earmuff set or I use a leaky garbage can full of water. That's, I mean, what I still get water everywhere, but... I learned something new. I didn't know the Yamaha's had that. That's a nice feature. Mm -hmm. That's a yeah, nice that, feature. So I've been I've been researching that, and one of the videos I watched, the guy talked about buying this boat. Never, the the guy didn't let him start the motor before. <clears throat> so that's the first thing he does is go home. He hooks whatever that adapter is up to it, flows the water, and cranks it. And I was thinking, you know, I watched this this whole thing about the idling, right? Like I, I watched this video where this kid and his dad did the same thing. And from what I gathered, as long as it's spitting water, it should be fine. So that's why I wanted to ask that because I'm pretty sure that's what that was for. But as long as it's paying, as long as the motor's paying, you're good. Yep. You're all right. Yep. When it stops, shut it off. There's something going on. Yeah. What I've always heard. That's why I'm always looking over my shoulder to check check on that. I'm like, is it okay? We're good. Throttle yeah. down. And another thing, like you guys with smaller motors. If you can unhook the fuel line from the motor, mm -hmm. okay, so it, the hose connection for the fuel is right there. When you're done with the boat at the end of the day, the best thing to do is pull that fuel line and let that motor starve itself of fuel because Unless fuel is a fuel huge. Injected. What's that? Unless it's fuel injected. I heard that's not a good thing to do. Right. I'm not talking. I'm, I'm, I mean, some of those smaller motors are, but 
Yeah, well, the newer ones, I think, are they're starting to come out with fuel injected. Really? They're not carbon? Yeah. yeah. This That's is what I do with mine. And I also, I don't use any ethanol alcohol or gasoline. I buy all non-ethanol gas. So yeah. that was well, that's the what thing. I was going to say is my dad swears by that ethanol free, the rec yeah. 90. And he says that you can more or less leave it in your, your engine all year round because it's not going to, I mean, cause I, I was always told run your engine completely out of gas at the end of the year. Yeah. And you know, he's like, well, rec 90 doesn't, you know, do the same. I don't know, whatever. I still, I, I drain my tanks every year. Yeah. I was told at my dealership, I asked him that specific question. I'm like, I've heard all these rumors about like running different kinds of fuel. And the guy told me, he said, run the 80 set or whatever the cheapest fuel is. He's like, just use your additive. He's like, don't yeah. use the fancy shit. Don't, don't use any. He said, just get the 87, whatever, and make sure you use your fuel additive. That's all that matters. That's what he told me for mine. And mine's a 2018, I th- 2019. But, but this is an option though, right? Like you can, cause I, cause I got a boat that's full of gas out there. And it's the it's the ethanol free. Oh, you're like good. This guy, this guy that I bought it off of, he said he would not put regular gas in it. That's what he used. And he went out of his way to, to fill it up at whatever sheets or whatever down in Weirton <clears throat> to make sure that it was ethanol free. And I do that with and I realize this is way different, but like I think about my like lawn equipment. Yeah. And I dude, I leave gas in my trimmer all winter and it's fine. Yeah. And I'm not saying that that's a good thing, but it's the you, ethanol free. You, is it the ethanol free? It's the ethanol free, and I haven't had any. Okay, yeah. it should be good then. Yeah, you're good. If you're using ethanol free, I, I try to run ethanol free. It's hard to find sometimes, but I try to run ethanol free in my boat. I still have a kicker can that's a eight gallon can that's half full. The other day, I fired my kicker motor up just to fire it, and it was fine. So, I mean, I was I still I'm over protective of it, so I treat my fuel still. I use Stabil, there's Amsoil, Lucas. Uh, mm. <coughs> Mercury me. makes like their specific one. Yeah, the Quicksilver yeah. stuff's good. Um, I use Seafoam too. It's always good. It helps clean off the valves and things of that nature in the motor. Mm. But I mean, do you use that along with Rec 90, like the ethanol yeah. free stuff? Yeah. Yep. That's a good thing. Every, every tank? Yep. Not every tank, but probably every other tank i put it in they have specifications like so merc i know they have like a three-step system the one it goes with every tank that's your additive they have another one it's a cleaner they say you can do that like every other tank or every tank and then they have like your stabilizer which is your long-term storage kind of deal and that's another thing like you're talking about getting these seals in a pack you can buy like a little baby ass like shot glass bottle of that stuff where they mark it up or you can go online and buy it in like the big boy jug and that's what I did when I got my boat. I got like a freaking like two or three gallon jug of that fuel treatment. And I haven't had to buy any since because it takes like an ounce per tank. Yeah. I mean, fuel, tre- fuel treatment's good for running your boat at all times to keep that motor running. I mean, it's not just a winter thing or a storage thing. It's all the time because they put some of those additives in there and it'll help clean the motor out, clean your spark plugs off, clean the valves, keep the piston rings moving the way that they should so that you don't have a, a compression issue or an oil consumption issue or anything like that. It goes in, it coats the cylinder and it helps clean stuff up. It's it's not a bad thing to run. I mean, you can run it every tank if you want, run it every other. If you're running direct 90 or ethanol fuel, ethanol free fuel, you know, you can do it once a year. 
it, it's all comes down to really what you want to do and how proactive you want to be about keeping everything up and running and the way you want it. Donnie, go ahead. You had a question. Well, he just answered it. Okay. That was one thing I was to say. I've, I've heard about seafoam and everything. I have never once used seafoam in my life. I can honestly say that mm -hmm. in any boat motor I've ever had. And I was just curious how often they were actually using this stuff. Like I said, it's it's pretty much down to personal use. I'll be honest with you. I run it in my truck. At least once or twice a year, I'll buy a can of seafoam and dump it in the tank just to try and keep everything running smooth and going good. It's a tool, too, just like my boat. It gets the boat to the lake, so I want it to run when I'm ready to go. You know, So it, it all comes down to personal preference and how far you really want to go. You know, If you talk to my dad, he wipes the boat down with water and vinegar every time the boat comes out of the water. <laughs> every time it comes out of the water. He's got a 1996 Sylvan that should be sitting in the showroom right now. So. <laughs> but yeah, so it's all what you want to do. We're talking like winterization and stuff, right? So I made some calls just trying to figure out, you know, is this something I need to do? I talked to a few places. There's, You guys were talking about earlier how there's nowhere to find boat, you know, maintenance anywhere. I literally found two shops within 20 minutes of my house that do boat maintenance. However, I have no idea. I have no idea what they, you know, if they're like recommended, not. I called around and got a few quotes. My question for you guys is, okay, number one, in my scenario, I'm assuming I need to winterize this boat, right? Yes. Like, okay, this is going to be interesting. Uh, I know well, nah. It depends. <laughs> Give it two more years before you think about it. But but here's, here's my question. Like, he just changed the oil. You know, like, I don't know about the lower unit fluid. And I'm thinking about this. Like, everybody's telling me just, you know, take – basically take your motor and just leave it hang. So the water, any water drains out. I'm thinking about where to store this thing. Right. So that's my other question is like, if I don't need to winterize it, do, do you guys think if I had some sort of like, you know how they do the carport, like tents, guys ever see those? Um, yeah. When you're is, talking about that, it's about temperature though. I think like winterization is all about temperature, not necessarily like protecting it from the wind. You know what I mean? So a tent, unless you have a heater <laughs> in that, it's not going to go, it's not going to do much along those lines. There's a lot of it though too. Yeah. 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 No, leaves, rain, whatever. Yeah. I mean, as far it. as like things freezing though, like a tent won't protect things well, necessarily. Well, that, that's a good point for a guy that's going to leave his boat out. Um, he's going to store it outside. Um, we don't use live wells. I don't know if you guys ever use the live wells for any kind of fishing you're doing. I'm just tackle box storage. Exactly. So we put I actually want to, I want to get rid of my live well and turn it into like a dry storage box. Yeah. Well, the way we did that is I bought rubber plugs and stuck them in the holes. Yep. That's all I did. Where one the plug. water. Now, the one thing that you got to do, and I do it with my, my dad's Alumacraft. We have a pretty steep driveway at my parents' house. I pull the plug out of the boat. And I pulled up the driveway and let all the water run out of the back of the boat. If you don't have a driveway like that, pull the plug out, take the boat for a ride, go drive it up some big steep hills around your house or whatever. Try to get all that water, open up all the compartments. I, like on the Lumacraft, Ryan, you'll have to tell me if it's right on the lunker compared to the trophy, but there's switches on the side that say open and close open those valves and take the boat for a ride because if that water sits in there and freezes, it'll crack the plastic fittings, 
could possibly crack the hose. And when you go to put it in the water in the spring, you're going to have a leak. You're going to have water in your boat. You're going to be going, where the hell is this water coming from? So that's another good thing for winterization is make sure you get all the water out of the boat mm-hmm. because it can cause a problem. I've been, I'm on a bunch of Facebook pages for boats and a lot of guys are saying that with every kind of boat, even the Rangers, they're saying, Oh, I've got water in the boat. Well, they're, live well lines have cracked or they didn't get the water out of there and the fitting for the hose is cracked and it's leaking into the boat. So that's another winterization thing. If you're going to keep it outside, mm-hmm. make sure you get all the water out of the boat and tarp it. I tarp my boat. I got a cover for the boat, but then I put a tarp over it as well to just mm-hmm. double protect it to keep everything double out. Double bag it. Yep. Mark, do you have a garage that, that, that stores both of your boats? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the other side's heated too, so that I'm a little bit different than most people. So my boats, it probably doesn't get. He's one of those live scopers. He's a high roller. Yeah, Yeah, he's got a live scope. Kisses the live scope. Good night, every night. (laughs) No, but this is like a big deal though, because you got. I mean, that does keep it fair, like a little bit warmer than it would be sitting out in a freaking tent in my backyard. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I keep mine outside, and that's the thing. Like it's like said you, you have your cover as long as you double bag it make sure it's dry you know do the proper winterization and i'm telling you you were saying ryan you're getting quotes from places to do winterization don't one of us will it, literally what if it'll take like i said corn you know how dumb i am mechanically corn taught me in what maybe what not counting the trip to walmart half hour it took us to do all yeah, of it, we, it. We, put, we, we put the cowling back on the motor and i'm like that's it well, I'm dead serious in the sense that I would like pay to have somebody come and like <laughs> just like give almost like a little tutorial on, hey, here's how you do this stuff. And, you know, instead of paying you to do it, kind of paying someone to teach just us to how to do yeah. it and just be I'll like, I work okay. for Bucktails. There you go. Oh, hey. <laughs> I got I got those for you, man. Don't worry. <laughs> He's a walleye guy. He wants some of those big weights you put on. Them. Listen, dude, I'll I'll pay for the beer. We needed to like do we need to do like some kind of maintenance party, but I'm done. I feel like be more than that. Let's do it. I feel like I could probably just drag this thing out to Mark's house and let him show me how to do it. I said I'm on vacation. Come on up. Oh man. Oh, there, you there you go. There you go. Need to take Don- advantage of that. Donnie doesn't really put his boat into storage. So do you really qualify? In, I mean, do you do anything during the winter to keep up with your boat? Or do you, since you run it all year long, you just kind of just continue to run it? Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. And maybe maybe Corn or Mark is going to tell me that I'm doing something wrong here. And, and I'm open to constructive criticism. But so far, it hasn't bit me in the ass too much yet with any of my boats. But no, I... You know, I was always kind of told with these outboards, as long as you, you know, do these things that they're talking about, you know, make sure you check your oil, change your oil uh, upper and lower regularly, you know, as far as winterization, just get the water out of them. You know, both of mine are fuel injected, so I don't typically try to run the gas completely out of them. Uh, I don't, you know, as far as I know, like Mark said, I, I was told that that's not necessarily the right idea with those. Uh, so I haven't, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, this time of year, when I put it into my garage, I put both motors all the way down where I don't typically in the summer, they're just in position with the transom saver and everything ready to go. But 
you know, I, I towed it down just in case there's anything left in there that I didn't drain out right at the ramp. Uh, hopefully it drips out before it would freeze, but truthfully, that's all I do. And, and I, tr I treat, I always put the stay bill uh, fuel stabilizer in there too, but I, you know, I don't run the gas out of it necessarily either. Cause I might use it might a need couple some weeks gas. in a row and then maybe I don't get to go for a month or two, but then, you know, as soon as I can, again, I'm back at it. Yeah, and the big thing, I, as far as like fogging the or you know fogging the engines and stuff, I think mostly that was for the two strokes, right? Okay, that's a good that's a good point because just before we did this episode, I was like, I'm gonna look up like what's the recommended Tohatsu, uh, you know, what does the the dealer or I guess the you know the manufacturer say, and it goes right to the fogging. And yeah. it says you should fog it. You should do it in this certain way. And so I don't know. Is that something that anyone I've does? Fogged, I've never fogged the motor. Um, just like Donnie, me and my dad, we fish into January and February for walleyes in the river. The boat might sit for three weeks, but we're going to take it back out and use it. And there's times there's ice floating down the river when we're using it. We never mm -hmm. fogged it, winterized it, you know, just did the things that I talked about. I've seen guys fog motors where it's caused problems. Um, they couldn't get it started in the spring. They couldn't. The spark well, plugs. Out, out, what exactly is fogging? Like, what is that? It's an process? oil coating for the inside of the cylinder so that it doesn't rust is what it is. Okay. I know the second year I had mine, I had mine professionally winterized. I paid the money for them to do that. And that was one of the things they did. And that spring, getting that motor started was very mm -hmm. annoying. And when it did get started, it made a mess. Yeah, I thought it. I thought the motor was ruined. It started up and shot this plume of smoke out, and I'm like, "Oh my god, they fucked my motor up." Yeah, but it ran. But I, I did not like that at all. I've never been a fan of fogging motors for that simple fact. I mean, it's just if if there the little bit of rust, in my opinion, that would build up on the cylinder, which is why you fog at that builds up on a cylinder wall. The third or fourth time that thing rolls over, it's going to be gone anyways, and it's not going to hurt anything. It's going to be minimal at best. So. Like Tom said, you fire it up, and there's a huge cloud of smoke, and the it things up your spark plugs. Yeah, <laughs> missing, rattling. You think it's going to shake off the back of the boat? I mean, I don't. I'm not a proponent of fogging. There's, I'm sure there's somebody out there that's going to tell me I'm wrong. That's fine. Right. But of course. It's it's just it's like I said, it's what you want to do. I've never fogged. Please send all angry comments to corn. Corn at gmail. <laughs> corn at gmail <laughs> I mean, I, I was basically always told by my dad, you know, and I know this is a very basic thing, but uh, it, running these motors is the best thing for them, you know, essentially, as long as you're keeping, you know, keeping up with the oil changes and that kind of stuff. It's it's usually when they sit that these problems, you know, arise, whether it's winterization over over an entire winter of it not being used, etc. It's just like, you know, make sure you keep up with it, but run it, use it. And typically you have less problems than the people that don't. I mean, my boat sat before I bought it for six years and I had a nightmare of the time with it. The gimbal bearing seized up on me seven miles out in the middle of the lake. The kicker motor that was on the boat wasn't maintained and it wouldn't stay running. The carburetor was completely clogged up. The fuel pump was bad. It was 
like he's like Donnie said, run the boat. I've told a lot of my buddies, you know, in the beginning of the year when we're putting boats in the water, oh, it's not running right. Take it out and drive it around. Let everything loosen up, get the fuel moving through it, get the oil going, and let it run. Because if it's not running, it's never going to work. It's going to lock up. So if you, you got to keep every every moving part moving. If it's not moving, it's not doing its job. So that's like kind of where that, that hose connection comes in handy, Ryan. I mm-hmm. mean, like if you get a nice day over the winter, you just run out. If you're keeping it out there, like within arm's reach, you just run outside, hook it up, play in it for a little, let some, you know. I think I, I think I'm giving good advice there. I don't know. Oh, that's great advice. I mean, we go down and just some nights we'll just go down to the dock where my buddies that have boats in the water and we'll just run them. Mm. Just fire the boat up, stand around and have a beer or two and let the boat run. I mean, next year my boat's gonna be sitting in the water. It's gonna be running all the time. All the time. It's so where do you keep kitchen. your boat? Are you in Pittsburgh or are you up in like Erie? I'm in Pittsburgh. I'm in Pittsburgh. I'm from south of Pittsburgh. I have a camper in Ashtabula, Ohio. This, okay. this coming year, I was in Conneaut and I trailered my boat. I didn't pay for a dock slip. Now, the new place I'm at, the new campground, I get a dock slip with my camp spot. So I'm going to put the boat in the water. So that'll be the first time I've ever slipped the boat. I'm sure there'll be some learning curves, Ryan. <laughs> it's new to me. So I'm going to do something about it. Um, you know, I'm thinking about bilge pumps, automatic bilge pumps, and stuff like that. Because if something happens and I get a phone call and I'm at work, I'm two and a half hours away from my boat. I could get there and it could be sitting on the bottom of the lake. That's it. Uh, yep. It ain't coming up as easy as the gym boat did either. No. Uh-uh. <laughs> no, no. I might leave it there. I might walk away at that point. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, just keep your boat running. Use it. That's what you bought it for. Why is it sitting there? You know, my dad always told me if your boat's going to sit, sell. Just sell because it's going to be a problem. And that's what really makes me think, like, at least with my fishing boat, I should, I really probably should bring it home here and just put it in my backyard and tarp it and cover it in that way. That way I can go out and start it in in a nice day in January and, you know, just make sure everything's running. And, you know, obviously I, that would give me an opportunity to really be able to do all the maintenance that I haven't done. And, and maybe, maybe Mark can come over, <laughs> can come over and help me out. <laughs> I mean, my boss gets mad at me at work. My boat stays at the dealership during the winter. It sits outside. I don't I don't pay to store it. Um, it sits outside. My boss gets mad because we get one of those weird January days where it's 50 degrees. He'll come out in the shop and my boat will be sitting at the garage door running. You know, because it's, I want to run the boat and keep everything going and make sure it's good to go. You know? Yeah. See, that makes me feel a lot better because I, like, honestly, through winter, like, I could – definitely i can definitely accomplish that though like yeah literally like eight steps out the door in my boats in my backyard that's not like and that's That's the thing like if i if i could figure out a way just at least keep the rain and like snow off of it i would probably feel a lot better like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna solve the the answer of like freezing cold at least not yet like i could take it to a storage unit but (laughs) you guys know like most of the storage units out there they're not heated mm-hmm. so you know and is the that ones really that are it's like as much as like renting an apartment in new york city because i looked into that it's fucking yeah, like, insane the prices so, of them like what am i gonna like i could pay for storage and yeah. it, it might be a little it might be a lot maybe it's a lot better maybe it's a little better than sitting outside but really like what do you guys think temperature wise like it's not gonna be that much difference if it's in an unheated storage unit versus a tent in my backyard right uh, one of the things like my, we have 
track system on the Alumacraft and on my boat. One of the things we did to help with the cover and the weight of the snow is we built like a, my dad came up with this because he's MacGyver, <laughs> but he built a PVC pipe system like off skeleton. of the rod holders, like an exoskeleton, yeah, that goes under the cover to help support it. Now, my dad is for the last eight years has kept the boat in the mine up in Wampum, PA. And I think it's like 80 bucks a month for heated storage. But for guys that don't want to pay that, maybe you want to use the boat. You never know. You could come up with something to put a tarp over it to help support it and keep the snow, water, leaves, all that stuff we talked about out of it. You know, like my boat, I have a regular, I had a, the, the Amish build a custom cover for it. And I put the cover on the boat. And then I put a tarp over top of that, tie it down. Another thing I do with winterization and keeping the boat outside, go to Lowe's Home Depot. They sell desiccant in a little bucket. Get two or three of those and put them in the boat because what the temperature going up and down and up and down causes condensation inside the cover, and it will create mildew and mold. Yeah, it that stinks when you will, bust that baby yeah, off of the spring. It can, get, it can get bad, but that desiccant will suck the moisture out. And I've the last three years when I pull them out of there, they're full of water, and the boat's dry, and there's no mold in the boat. That's another another little winterization tip. That let me I ask this about. one: Does anybody no. played with shrink wrapping? Because I've seen that that is an option too. Like I know a lot of people get them shrink wrapped over the winter. We've we've had Jeff has had his boat shrink wrapped before, and it all depends on who you go to. And the guys that do it right, you're going to pay for it. It's expensive, but it's good. It's good. The boat's sealed up. It's not going to go anywhere. It's, it's not going to tear or anything like that. Now, I've driven around marinas and stuff in the winter where somebody did a shoddy job and a windstorm came through and tore it. And that shrink wrap was just beating the hell out of the side of the yeah. boat. And it's just, I've never gone that far. Pros and cons. Of, yeah, pros and cons. It's, it's, I've never said, oh, I'm going to shrink wrap my boat. No, I'll just tarp it. You know what I mean? And that's what I do. I learned the importance of adding a tarp over your cover in the winter, Ryan. I know if you just have a cover, put a tarp over that. Cause I had a cover kind of poke a hole, had a little, just, en just enough of a hole to let water get in. And by the end of like the winter, I had a nice little four inch ice skating rink frozen into the bottom of the boat from all the water that was getting in through the cover over the course of the winter. So that's what I did the other night. I made yeah. another home Depot trip. Uh, Harbor freight. I went to Home Depot. I didn't go to Harbor Freight. Actually, I take that back. I did go to Harbor Freight after Home Depot. And I bought a, I bought two tarps, like 20-foot tarp, and then like a 9-foot tarp. And I wrapped the crap out of that motor. And I just tried to go. Like I got my cover on there. I hit it with that, uh, the the uh, like the sealant you put on tents. What is that stuff called? The uh, can spray. Like waterproofer kind it's of. It's like a waterproofer. I can't remember the, the name of it. <laughs> I sprayed the tarp down and then I let it dry and I covered that bad boy. But I'm going to tell you guys, I did not <clears throat> tie that thing down like real good because I got my, uh, my dad's going to come over. He wants to look at it. So it's just like, it's, it's tied on there tight enough to keep the rain off of it, which seems to be working. Okay. But to Matt's point, like I'm thinking maybe I need to make another trip to get that stuff to put in there to keep the moisture out of there. Yeah. That's that's I do it in my camper too. I put, you know, the camper sits in the sun and, I put it in there. It's, it just keeps them, the mold and mildew and sucks up all the moisture. 
And you got to have the proper shape too. Like that skeleton helps, but like, I know a lot of the cover, like a lot of the boats will come with posts to like tent your cover. Cause if you have a big pocket where snow's forming, dude, and you, you end up with like 200 pounds of snow on your cover and you can't get it out. <laughs> so the original cover I had on my boat, I kept it in a buddy's garage up North of the city. The first year I had it, he works uh, in an office above it. We had a big snowstorm and he sent me a picture. The pole had actually collapsed. <laughs> So there was two feet of snow in my boat. I, I left work to go up and fix it. But yeah, that's. And then that's you try I, to swing the cover out and get it all like a dirty uh, diaper, but it weighs yeah. 200 pounds and that ain't happening. And yeah, it's not working out. It's not working out. I can see like Mark's laughing right now. Like Swink's like, I got a garage. Yeah, Mr. Heated Garage. Yeah. Yeah. Nick, <laughs> Nick, you got, you back your boat into your garage, right? Yeah. Man, I need, and I thought about it, dude. I almost put a garage on the back of my house <laughs> over this whole thing, but there's still time, Ryan. Yeah. Yeah, I can't. I, well, you know, I'd rather, like, at this point, like, I, I'm okay with, like, it's, it's not like the greatest boat in the world, but at the same time, like, it's in really good shape and I don't want to, like, mess it up <laughs> at all. And it's just, I'm trying to think through all of these, like, intangibles to make sure that. I'm at least doing something proactive. You're thinking about it. So that it's not just like sitting out there and just getting pelted with snow and ice all winter. Well, I told you guys another option you have, last resort, you can always take to Facebook and like post in your local groups. That's what I did. I found a lady that literally lives walking distance from me that's willing to keep my boat for as long as I need to keep it over the winter. I told her two months and she's like, yeah, three, one month, three months, whatever you need. Just let me know. So I'm texting her when I'm going to bring it up and... I mean, that, that it, it took no effort at all. I thought it was going to be so difficult. I had to prove to her I wasn't like a serial killer and that I was like a real human. But after doing that. She's yeah. like, wait a second. You fish for trout, don't you? You're a trout so, fisherman. Nah, I don't think so, locked. buddy. Not today, tomboy. Yeah. <laughs> You're but no, that's an option, man. There, there are people out there that have these garages that just aren't using them. Like she said, she's like, we've been part. When I went over to check it out, she's like, I'll have to clear like the pong table out of here because all we've been using it for is to party. And she just wants to make a couple extra, a couple hundred bucks over the winter. And there's a lot of people like that, man. A lot of people don't have boats and it's got a bunch of shit in their garage that they're willing to move for you. Yeah. So basically I need to get, I'm going to, I'm going to, I need to get some of Mark's time on like a random Saturday to help me with all these like fluids and like check my bearings and everything. And then once I, once I learn how to do this, I usually pick things up pretty quick. I think once I go through it once, it might be okay. Yeah, you'll be fine. It's yeah. not rocket science. Just trade trade tech support for uh, for uh, mechanical support. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I can do that. Mark, you need any tech support? I do. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I need a video made for uh, musky. Oh, I got you. I got you, buddy. You there. Well, do you have any notes over there, Mark? A thing, ideas you had about boat maintenance or topics you wanted to hit? No, I think we pretty much covered them all, other than uh, batteries. Oh, uh, yeah. If I was taking oh. them inside in the wintertime or not. Uh, yeah. What do you do with them? Do you, unhook every, do you unhook all your electronics? No, I keep them plugged in all year. I hook up um, maintainers. Yeah. Battery I do tank. bring my units in in the winter, my helix, because they're out in the frigid cold. I bring those inside, but I don't know if that's, I don't know if it's necessary. I, I had one go out, but I don't know if it was because of that or. Yeah, I think. Look how many guys ice fish now. Yeah. 
they're out in the cold. Yeah. You know? yeah. I don't think it really bothers them that much. I, I leave mine out in the boat. So is a marine like a marine battery on the boat, right? Like I got two I got two batteries on this boat. Is it similar to a car? Like I assume I do I have to pull those things or can I just leave them out in the boat? You can leave them in there. It's not going to hurt anything. You can pull them too and bring them inside. It might it it might make them last a little longer because they're not going through that temperature change. But you can leave them in there. What's a battery all- cost? Like 200 bucks? Like what is a battery? I just bought a new trolling motor battery at Walmart the other day. It was like 80 bucks, but it was a yeah. shitty non-lithium. That's a crappy one, though, Tom. Yeah. 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 What is that? Yep. And then next year at Hunks Week, yeah, it'll it'll Mark's going to be all <laughs> No, I'm going to have lithiums by next year. This was just enough to get me through trap <clears> for the rest of the year. I think 200 for the good deep cycle, but still lead battery. Now, yeah. Interstate oh. battery. They have a, a line called Econo Power, and all that battery is is a battery that sat on the shelf as an interstate battery too long. They didn't move it. It's still a good battery, and they took it off the shelf and put an Econo Power sticker on it, and they sell it cheaper. I bought one for a hundred bucks. It's been in the boat three years. I just walked down the other day and reached in under the cover and hit my trim and tilt button, and it works fine. Should you bring them in and keep them charged up or put a battery tender on them? If you can, that's great. It's going to last longer, but you don't necessarily have to pull them. I mean, all those boats you see down at like Fox Chapel Yacht Club and all these marinas, those guys are pulling the batteries out of those boats. They're sitting there, you know. Half those boats don't leave the dock after they get put in. But they could also be the ones that me and Owen are towing across Canadota Lake at the end of the year. Could be. (laughs) Donnie, you had something you wanted to say. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say that uh, I don't think that they're the uh, discounted model or whatever that Corn's talking about, but my tracker came with interstate batteries, mm-hmm. and I've had, I never had interstate in any of my older boats, uh, and I could say now that this is three seasons with my interstates under my belt, and I've fished that boat pretty hard. And I've had zero problems with electronics or, or, you know, any electrical issues. I feel like those batteries have been really great batteries. Uh, And all I do, they stay outside. And, you know, like I said, my garage is not heated, but I do keep them on a tenure year round. Anytime I'm not using them, Uh, they're plugged in. As soon as the boat's parked, first thing I do when I, I unhook the boat and trailer, I put it in the garage and I plug the batteries in and, I mean, they have lasted. My trolling motor is still strong. And, you know, I think that's probably a testament to both of those things. But. And the fact that you don't use it. Oh, here we go. <laughs> oh, trolling. Oh, use that trolling motor. Look at that, Jeff. That was a right hook right there. Wow. He was charging when that kicker motor's running. I use it quite a bit, Mark. I know. I'm just, Saturday. I'm just poking fun. Last Sunday, I use it all day. It's just when, I, when I'm casting, I don't ever catch anything. So you guys don't know that I use it. I can't help it. I only catch them trolling. I try. No, we listen, dude. We know, we know when you're out casting. Because I don't catch it. Because we get the sunset pictures. Mm, a pike, a pike in a sunset. <laughs> a pike in a sunset. You know what I just thought? Pike on a jerkbait in a sunset. I went straight to the Ben Stone that YouTube video where where the two girls were like, pikes. Oh, "Ben, where's the pikes?" <laughs> the nice pikes, Ben. The nice pikes, Ben. 
I freaking love that video. I'm watching it tonight, dude. That's my maybe one of my favorite YouTube videos. A little creepy. He's like, no, dude. He's seriously his editing. His editing is unbelievable all the time. Every single video he does is unbelievable, and the fact that he got to go where he got to go on that trip, and just like, first of all, I got a thing for like just Viking stuff in general. So I always think about like Norway, Sweden, and all this stuff like. That's like, to me, that is like one of those once in a lifetime trips. And he was over there pike fishing. Like, that's, it doesn't get any better than that. Yeah. There's the pike. Not bad company for uh, going pike fishing. Heck either, no, you know, buddy. Just throw that out there. <laughs> Where's the pikes? <laughs> what else is on your secret list over there, Mark? Batteries. And b- batteries, too. Mark showed me at Hunk's weekend. He gets the. Uh, we, you don't necessarily have to drop a grand on a fancy lithium battery. He was showing me some cool Amazon ones that are, I don't know really? if I'm allowed to say that, if that's a Mark King secret. Can we, can we talk about Mark's boat too? Cause I want to hear about this full rebuild a little bit more. Uh, well, I, I got lithium batteries this year in the John boat, <clears throat> the trolling motor ones. I went with a brand name, the electronics. I bought one of the cheap Amazon batteries that I was telling Tom about and I haven't had an issue with it <clears throat> so far. did you have to get did it come with a charger or did you have to get a special charger for it I bought well, I had the charger for the trolling motor batteries that was lithium compatible it's okay. one of the uh, NOCO geniuses <laughs> yeah that's what that's what I have and it shows on mine it has a little bar for lithium yeah uh, it'll, it'll it's compatible now, for the electronics, yeah, I bought one of the cheap, I don't know, what is it, 10-amp chargers. And I just plug it in when I need it. And no issues with the cheapo Amazon one. You don't see any differences between the $300 Amazon one and the fancy brand name. No, the, the, the cheap one was like, I think I paid like 39 bucks for it. <laughs> what? Yeah. Wow. The charger. Right? The charger, yes. Oh, okay. The charger, not the battery. Oh, okay. The battery was like 300 and something. Yeah. Okay. You know, boys, they sell battery chargers at your local Harbor Freight. <laughs> Harbor <laughs> Freight. <laughs> I already blew that one. I already blew it with the Home Depot talk. Yeah. We don't stand a chance now. I'm going to have to edit out Home Depot. Well, we didn't stand a chance after Donnie was bad. like, oh, what did you say last week? I did maybe take a take a little shot when I said something about a Harbor Freight trailer, but I don't even think they really make trailers. That's why I said that. Allegedly. Allegedly. So Mark, what did you do with this boat? Cause I know we've seen some pictures. I got, to, I actually got to see it in person one day. Yeah. Ah. Well, I've been looking for a John boat forever and I finally found one on marketplace. Contacted a guy. It was a, 2003 low roughneck which is all welded hull it was in average shape at best i brought it home stripped it down completely painted it and rebuilt it the way i wanted it with rod locker i built it for musky fishing so i can store you know musky rods instead of having the little seven foot rod locker and uh customized it the way i wanted it and now, when you when you bought that, did it have? Was it one of those John boats that had like three bench kind of? S- no, mine seats? just had like the front 
like the V front and then the rear compartment. The rest, the middle was open, except for there was a side live well that I ripped out. Okay, so I had seen a bunch of like, you know, the the boat rebuilds where the guys would have to remove that middle bench area in a John boat. But so you didn't have to go through that that whole process. No, and mine's not a square front end either. Mine has that modified V. So I have the actual V in the front, like the uh like a John or like a uh, fast tracker. Mm-hmm. If that or like the low. Yeah, mm-hmm. like Tom Scorpion there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it has that front end on it. And you see decked at all, or what did you, you did you see deck or? I put C deck. Okay, yeah. yeah. Nice. Nice. See yeah. the dirty live scope. I got the live scope. I got two Garmin graphs. I got a 36 volt four tracks on the front with the recessed foot or a pedal. Uh, radio. 36 volt. That seems yeah. wow. That thing, I mean, that's got to like, does that thing go? Those 20 miles, miles per hour? hour? <laughs> No, yeah. it's like four point. I think I had it up to like four point six. That's cool. <laughs> that is perfect trolling speed. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Arc trolls for muskies on electric. He's <laughs> <laughs> ready no, for e casting. E casting. That's real. Is there a reason you went that way, Mark? Instead of because yeah. yeah. my lung that I have, I only have a twelve volt system. It's a fifty five pound thrust. When it's windy out. I have to crank that thing all the way up just to hold the boat from getting blown all over the place. Mm-hmm. I didn't want that with this boat. I wanted to make sure I had enough power that I could go from one end of a bay or if I wanted to, you know, fish into the wind when it's 15 miles an hour, I wouldn't have to worry about power. And I don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's got more than enough power. We were just having that discussion the other day about 12, 24, 36, and 36. Yeah. That's whew, it. Probably, I could probably get away with 24 volt system. I will never own another 12 volt trolling motor. They're, I think they're worthless. Unless you have, hmm. like, even with like a 12 foot boat, I, if you're in a half acre pond, maybe, but if you're going out on any size lake like Arthur, Pomatumi, and Wilhelm, no. I'm tired of them. <clears throat> Nick's over there smirking right now because what did you just buy? A 12 volt. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. We'll make it work. That's... I'm sure. I'm sure it'll be fine. I mean, I I could say I have a 24 volt throw on my tracker, and you know, it's it's not a heavy boat, but it's not necessarily you know a small boat either. And with the when you factor, it's got a 75. It's got the 99 kicker you put all the musky gear and everything in it and i've i've had it out quite a, you know quite a bit i've used the heck out of it and you know that trolling motor has been great on that boat uh and i was even nervous about that because i wanted to go 36 like mark truthfully but uh it wasn't stock on that boat and and there was nowhere to, to put a third there's no way to, to do 36 there, like there just wasn't the room for another I had to go 24. There's a way. (laughs) I could do it. Mounted up on that track. When I asked for it from the dealer, right, they won't put it where the normal batteries go. Right. There's, there was, yeah, we can rip it open. We can make it work if we rebuilt the whole thing. That's what I did with the John boat. (laughs) Right. Yeah, we run a, uh, we run a 24 volt, uh, 
I pilot on the front of our boat. It runs all day. We'll get, yep. we use that for, you know, autopilot steering the boat and, uh, it runs, we'll get three days out of a 24 volt system pulling that 19 foot boat. We're not running it at mock speed 10, but we'll get, you know, two, three solid days of fishing out of that 24 volt system. Mark wants to move and he wants to move fast. He wants to get there before you do. Ricky Bobby. My motto is if it's windy, you just go trolling. I agree, dude. (laughs) I agree with that statement. There's a, there's Mark a so disappointed. That, if you're not going <laughs> to use it, you know, if you're not going to be primarily using that thing and it's not your main source and, and you know, you only have so much, you know, you want to budget for different things, it, it, you know, that is a place where you can save some money, I guess. But if you're going to be doing a lot of casting, like Mark said, uh, I agree with them. You want to go at least 24, I think. So. Think ideally 36. Thinking about this though, for, so my scenario now, I say I want to do a lot of trolling, but I actually do really want to cast and I want to be able to do like simple things too. Like, I want to be able to take my dad walleye fishing, crappy fishing, all that stuff. <clears throat> and that's like the biggest, you know, that's the biggest thing. I want it to be versatile and I want to be able to do multiple things. But thinking about a trolling motor. Is this, do you guys, so where I'm at too, is I'm thinking I want to put a trolling motor on there to have as a fail safe in case something happens to that primary motor. Like say my Yamaha goes down. Do you guys think, is that like something that, I mean, is that something I should be thinking about? Like, is that something that's like a viable option though? Like say that motor goes down, can a trolling motor get you back to the ramp? Oh yeah. As as Mine can. Yeah. A good one can. And mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, Been there, done that. Back there. In there, done that. Yeah, yeah, it can get you back. It's a good yeah. idea. So that's that's like my primary reasoning for the trolling motor right now. Like buying that before, because I'm going to be honest. Like I'm not going to fish in this boat this year. It's just not going to happen. Like <clears throat> I want to take my time with it. I want to get the maintenance routines down. I want to find a place, you know, figure out the storage and everything. I want to be able to like take the winter. You know, like we got Black Friday coming up. Like that's my time to buy my Helix unit. You know, like and look at some you of the. You think other that there stuff. are going to be like, helix units on sale? I mean, to the, get like, the like good, March. the good units rarely go I'm on. Thinking real sale. I don't know. <clears throat> well, see, I, I don't know because I was at like last year. I was looking. I don't know if I was at Cabela's or I was somewhere, and they definitely had some type of deal on it, whether it was ten percent or whatever it was, like. I don't know if that's a standard. I don't know if places do that. Like, but I, what, I definitely seen something. I bought one, uh, like Fish USA. It still ships directly from the manufacturer or whatever. Mm-hmm. But sometimes they'll offer like you know 25 percent off like an entire store, like their walleye department, walleye store. A lot of times that includes electronics and that sort of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to keep my eye out because right. that's that's ultimately, you know, if I find something, because I, I, like I'm targeting right now Helix 9. And it's it's mostly because I want the 10. Crazy to me. But I don't want to pay the extra 800 bucks that comes with the 10. Right? Like, I'd rather, I'd rather take that 800 bucks and put it towards a trolling motor. If that makes sense. I don't know if that reasoning is sound, yeah. but, you know, like, I feel like I could get, like, I, I don't know that I could do a 7. You know, the way I fish, like a nine's really not that much bigger, but at the same time, like 
Dude, sometimes that too. Like you one hundred percent. I don't know. Two D bigger than a seven. in a map. I still think. I still think you. Uh, yeah. You know, keep an eye on the used market too. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's a lot of guys that change their electronics every time something new comes out. So. You're in such a fun part of the boat ownership now where you're up late at night waking like D up in bed and you're on your phone looking like lighting the whole room oh, up. Yeah. Like, who'd you, Ryan? Who are you talking to? Corn. Yes, it, it, it has happened. It is. It has been happening, but it's been happening a lot more the last couple nights. Like, I will say that I've been putting lists together and trying to figure out what I want to do. And, and the good thing is you have all winter to do this. You don't mm-hmm. have to do it by next weekend. Yeah. And that's the, that's the other thing, like, dude, I like we bought this boat last weekend, and I still like I I it's literally sitting on my parking pad, and I have to go over to AAA on Saturday to actually get everything registered. Like I'm not even that far yet, you know what I mean? Like, so I'm trying to take my time with it and really kind of plan it and almost like enjoy that part of it because, you know, maybe maybe I do find a ten and I decide like I want to go with a Helix ten versus a nine, like. You know, it's I'm gonna have to find find a way to kind of budget that accordingly. You know, like, buy once, cry once. Yeah, buy yeah. once, cry once. I mean, the day I bought my boat, I spent a thousand dollars on rod holders. <laughs> yeah. I just got it over with. You know what I mean? Just I I want them. I'm gonna get them, so I'm just gonna buy them now. So if you want to spend. Yeah, if you want to tend, tend to agree. I tend to agree yeah. there. You're not gonna. You're not you're, gonna. You're not gonna, you're not gonna regret pocket. going bigger. You, know you will. I mean? you, there's agree. a better chance you're gonna regret going smaller. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I got the ten, and I regret not getting the twelve. Yeah. I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah. Just. I don't know, dude. I'm trying to be fairly reasonable for my wife too, you know. But at the same time, like. I really want that 10 <laughs> at least at least yeah, but dude 10. you you gave, listen you got yeah, your you shoe gave in on the, like i don't want to say gave in but you know you've you agreed to not go you know the super expensive route yeah. you went this route for a reason so that you could do some of these things you could put the track and set it up yep. exactly yeah. the way you wanted to you could s- get the electronics yep. the way you wanted to so don't I, dude get the trolling you got your yeah, foot in like the door. Get, get the electronics you Let want. Let it man. fly, baby. <laughs> Dude, I said I literally said that today. I was talking to somebody at work, and I was like, "The boat's already in the backyard. That's yeah, the hardest well, part. It ain't going anywhere now, right? You got the hard part over. Now right. it's Helix 12s, live scope, double. Put a trolling motor on the back while you're at it. Put a black yeah. stone. You motor. have. Yeah. Let's just be real, Ryan. You have Wiley orders that cost the same yeah. as a Helix 10. Mm-hmm. That's true. Well, that's not entirely true. You essentially bought the that's tires. Not, that's not entirely true. It was pretty darn good. You bought the tires, the gasoline, the seats, and the radio before buying the car. That's somebody somebody commented on my, my Facebook post and said, you know, Ryan, you're going to have to stop buying fishing lures now. Well, I think your good priorities you are now going to change. Like Instead of like yeah. when you're looking at stuff now, you're not going to be looking at the Wileys <clears throat> and stuff. You're going to be like, okay. How can I improve the boat that I have here? Can I get an upgraded electronics? Can I can I upgrade my rod holders? There's a million different ways to spend your money, Ryan. Like you can, we can we can figure uh, it out. Just a different a whole bunch of different ways. Yeah, like we're spending it for you, Ryan. I've got a list. I got a list here. I just want to recommend whatever won't get me blacklisted from D's cookie list. That's what. That's my. You missed. You know what? I should probably send. I should have her make cookies and send them to you. 
I feel bad. I feel bad. I feel bad that you missed out on the hunks weekend and the. He's uh, the one that abandoned. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, but dude, it's a just you know, it's he left those cookies on the table. Yeah, they were there waiting for him. I don't hear anything about it. I don't feel. Speaking of Nick, you still got you still got a couple of tough shads and uh, and your hunks your hunks uh, shirt at the at the cottage. I'll swing by. Speaking of tough shads, somebody still owes me money for tough shads. Just saying. I think it might be Charlie. <laughs> might be you, Swinky. I don't know. It sure as hell isn't me, because I can tell you I wouldn't have bought any Tough Shads. I, know. I was just thinking, he said Tough Shad, and it made me think about that. Well, anybody got... else have any other things they want to hit? Anything we miss? Mm. Anything? Any helpful? Do you get anything else helpful to yeah, start your beginner? Is... I got a couple of helpful things. It doesn't hurt to have a toolkit on the boat. Yep. As far as, you know, a couple different sizes, you know, crescent wrenches, uh, screwdrivers, extra fuses. Fuses, um, that's a big one. <coughs> some electrical stuff. Crimson. Yeah, like, you know, black tape. Yep. I, I have a them. small black pouch assorted toolkit that I got at Harbor Freight. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, that, I'm sorry, Ryan. No, go ahead, Mark. <clears throat> Another thing that I keep, I have a, my trolling motor is one of like cable driven. So I have the actual pull rope to put it in and out of the water. I've broken that. I think two or three times I keep in a, a separate one in the, in that box too because not having it i've had to take the entire trolling motor off the front of the boat to get it on the trailer because i couldn't get it released to stow yeah. that's what happened to us up, so, on, up in canada nick like you know once that yeah the <clears throat> the strap i get you know it's it's a strap that actually like brings the the thing the trolling motor back up onto the boat and if that thing snaps you can't get it back up that was on an Altera. Yeah. Is that on the four tracks yeah, yeah. that you had that problem? No, that was on the other one. I have a, a, a Minn Kota 55. I don't know the model number, but it has the pull rope. Okay. But it snapped, I think, twice so far. You know, I, it won't, I can't use the – they make like an aftermarket cable pull ropes, but – my model it won't that's not adaptable so i have to use just a regular you know rope and it's broke on me and it's a pain especially when the wind's blowing and you're uh stuck can't get it down or up i couldn't get it up it was down i couldn't get it up (laughs) that's what she said (laughs) happens to donnie a lot But uh, have you, Mark, have you ever fished uh, Tamarack Lake? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I saw that it got stocked last year and this year. Oh, really? With muskies, yeah. Yeah, maybe five more years we can actually fish it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I I like that. That's a fun little lake, especially for people who like. Is that the lake that was drained? I think. Yep. And it's electric only. I think this one was drained on purpose. Though. Right, Not right, right. It was drained by axe. Not to be confused with Woodcock. 
Yeah, they had to fix the dam and then they had to drain it again and fix it another time. Okay, yeah. so to, to jump to a completely unrelated topic, you just said that, you know, Tamarack's now going to be electric only. Would it's yeah. Well, I mean, let's say, yeah. it, would that count with the new electric outboards that they have that can like uh, run a boat 9-9? I would think so. Yeah. Or it's equivalent? Yeah. I wouldn't do it, but you could. That lake's yeah. full of so, stumps. Uh, well, I mean, okay. So, Canadota and other lakes are 9-9 restricted. So, if I went and bought an electric outboard, like a Torquedo, they make those in basically a they make it in a nine, nine equivalent, but they also make it in like a 20 horsepower equivalent. Could I get the 20 horsepower equivalent because it's electric or would I have to get the nine, nine equivalent because it's a nine, nine Lake. I think that's a question for huh? the fish commission. Ah, <laughs> we've got, all right, if we haven't, if we have any uh, listeners that have any ties to the fish commission might be able to answer that. Would it, would a high powered electric, outboard break the rules at a you know horsepower restricted lake right a good question <laughs> there's only one way to find out baby let's yep. go that's, <laughs> that, that's, actually, like, that's one of my big things is let's is i want to if i'm if i'm gonna buy another boat a second uh, you know if i get buy a new boat my thought is that if i got a, a regular outboard as like the the big outboard but then got one of those like electric nine nine things kind of to, to just run at canadota you know i don't know whether that would would work or not and i don't know whether you can have a hybrid system like that uh, who knows that's i'm opening a whole new can of worms there but it's just a thought you think it's hard to get your outboard serviced around here imagine getting that electric motor serviced in monroe yeah. lpa dude not only that but the batteries <laughs> it takes to run those things are outrageous well yeah that's that's actually the bigger issue i would see is is what it would actually take to run them and what type of runtime you would get out of it um i, I don't know i don't know i personally i drive i've i'm on my third hybrid vehicle and i have literally not had the slightest issue whatsoever with it and people used to always say oh you know hybrid technology blah 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 i i haven't had the slightest issue you know and i don't have i don't know if that has any bearing or not on on this but it's kind of like okay it's been around long enough now that i would think the kinks are beginning to get worked out of the electric outboard system I can't speak on the outboards, but yeah. that's a good question. I mean, a hybrid system or can I use that electric motor because it's electric, even though it's a 15 horsepower over there. Right. Yeah. I want to go back to this Tamarack thing too, because I feel like Mark's not taking advantage of the sub bumping possibilities that are out there right now. Could be slamming 20 inches. Slamming them. Padding stats. Do it, Mark. Let's go up there and get them gliders all chewed up. Yeah. Speaking of bumps, here's a nice little segue. I got a question, Ryan. This is my last one for you. Did your boat come with, or did you get yourself some boat bumpers? Ooh. My boat didn't come with anything other than the boat and the motor. Okay. Dude. Are they on I your radar to get? I literally, I literally helped him take the trolling motor off, and we like, like he had all of his stuff still in the boat. So I was like helping him load his truck and stuff like in the middle of Sheets parking lot. 
And like, as we were taking like the standard, like, uh, you know, life jackets and throwable and stuff and putting it in the back of his truck, I was like realizing that crap, I'm going to need to buy all this stuff at some point here real soon. <laughs> yep. But, uh, so bumpers, um, I would recommend putting those high on the list. I, especially I told, starting out. I told Deanna the other night that I, I was going to refuse to buy bumpers because Tom was so high on bumpers. <laughs> See, my, you, man. my personal policy is I refuse to buy them, but you can find them on the lake. Very yeah, you can collect them. Yeah. They're easy to Especially acquire. Especially Prescott Isle, they're everywhere. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I pulled a few out of there, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I imagine I'll buy bumpers. I probably won't use them because you guys know I'm going to just completely destroy this boat. Like I'm going to bang it. I'm going to back it <laughs> in and it off the docks. No, bumpers, but man, what's the bumper going to do? So many what's, times. What's the bumper going to do for me? Dock rash. You got that boat tied off. You're freaking. It's it's not has nothing to do with backing it in. It's when you tie your boat off on a dock when you're coming into well, a dock to tie off instead. But of, when you're backing the boat up onto the dock inadvertently, I don't think the bumper is going to run there. <laughs> when you're it off the side of the launcher. Exactly. Like it's gonna. It's these things are gonna. I I will definitely. Well, get let me Tom. go on Amazon. You get a click five pack. Just don't be the guy that trolls around. Yeah, take them off. No. Take them off. Flashing in the wall. I call them, I call them Jerry Danglers. I say it's how you, you spot the Canadians Jerry call them duck dongs. You left your duck dong out, eh? Yeah, see, I, have, when I, I use them, but I take them off. I, that's the first thing I do when I untie. I hurry up and I shamefully stash them away in the wells really fast so nobody can see them. But That's that's all time that I could be fishing. I'll take a <laughs> oh, okay, two minutes. Let me say this, care. Ryan. Like uh, you, you said, like you're gonna destroy this boat and everything. Listen, we, we talked about this in the last episode. It means a lot to own a boat free and clear that is not a stressful. It's not a stressor on you on you financially. Like yes, you got to get some things in order, and yes, you still got to spend some money on this thing. But this is not something that you are going to have to worry about bankrupting you you can enjoy this boat okay and so even if you scratch it up even if you ding it up this is not a forty thousand dollar boat this is you know you can enjoy this like this is the boat yeah this is the boat there's gonna be a boat to put scratches in and to make mistakes with it's this boat so that i guess that's what i'm saying yeah go find a boat that's being fished that doesn't have dock rash or a ding or a dent in it yeah. If it's not being fished, it's not going to have anything right. wrong with it. And this, and this is why I bought this bird is to fish. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. I'm going to fish on it, and I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm probably not going to beat the crap out of it, but I will beat it up pretty good to and from. And <laughs> we'll I remember, the, I remember the first little nick I put in mine. I got mine with my fresh paint, and I was like so careful to not like nick it up and i remember the first time i bumped the dock and took like a pretty good gouge out of it i was like so bummed for like a month and now i like bash nets off the gunnel and there's like nicks out of it. i used to go around with touch-up paint like at the end of every month and patch the little marks and now i'm realizing like dude it's it's gonna get i remember when tom hit his first log uh, and he, oh, te- was, I forget you texted one. like it was either it was late at night or early in the morning. And you're like, dude, I just hit a log. I, you know, I, you couldn't believe like what had just happened out there in the middle of the river. It was scary. Yeah, it was. It, well, I still remember it was, it was spring. <laughs> it was the, my first spring of owning the boat, putting it in for the first time. So I'm all hyped up. I'm filming my wake, sending my buddies a video full bore. 
and this is on a high water day on the Mon River, which I didn't know at the time is a little dangerous. There's some shit floating around. So I'm full bore going down the middle of the Mon River, looking behind the boat, filming my old Snapchat video, and I smashed a log doing like 20 mile an hour. It threw the motor up in the air, shut the boat off. This is the same river that we saw a queen mattress floating down that one day. This is not, but it's not out of the realm of things you would see in the By log, you mean body, right? It could have been. It could have been a body for all I know, but yeah. Yeah, smash that thing pretty good. That was my first instance of hitting something. That'll shake you up a little bit. See, I feel like I've fished enough with people that know what they're doing. Like, pretty much everybody on this call I've fished with, and I will say most of you know what you're doing <laughs> on the water. <laughs> allegedly. Dude, like, if, allegedly. I'm sure I'll hit a log. I'm sure I'll hit stumps. I'm sure I'll hit everything else. Hopefully, I don't hit run into Charlie's boat because – he basically told me outright if I hit him or if I come near him, he's probably going to end up killing me at the ramp. So, <laughs> you know, it's, Wait, it's good. It's thanks, a learning. Thanks for the vote of confidence there, Charlie. I do, I do enjoy fishing with him, and I'll, like, wave, and he'll be like, what is that guy here? <laughs> Dude, you know what, though? When he's on the water, he is literally a magnet for just dumb people. Oh, yeah. Like, it's, it's a thing. Like people, I've seen people cut him off at like 10 feet and we're trolling like nine rods. And like, I've seen crazy stuff happen on the boat with him. Like things that I don't see with other people. He just must be a magnet for it. It's something. It's hilarious. Well, boys, anything else we would like to hit on? uh, I've enjoyed this quite a bit. I'm going to go outside. I'm going to go sit in my boat the rest of the night and finish my last four beers. There you go. <laughs> so, hey, so, hey, we should say, you know, we'd never do this. Please, if you're listening to this podcast and you're enjoying it, like, leave us a review, like, give us a good, give us a good review, you know, set as do whatever you need to do subscribe like we were trying to get our you know get this out there more so please if you're enjoying what we're doing which i hope you do uh you know give us a like leave us a review and if not tell us yeah. what to do what would you like to hear yeah. us do or not do or just or just message tom and ask for a sticker <laughs> yeah which you'll never get exactly. uh, <laughs> uh, 12 to 14 weeks 12 to 14 weeks on stickers and yeah. also do a, do do yourself a favor and go out there and check out Keystone King Musculars. Yes. Actually, pick, pick up he, yourself. He was just featured in a uh, in in a good video Glenn? by Glenn McDonald, yes, one of our fifty-four bust. Fifty-four bust, yeah. Uh, yeah, part of the boutique glider uh, video. Which so good. Yeah, he called yours boutique, Mark. I know. Uh, I, I I thought I thought that was a very good video. I thought he he was very complimentary and mm-hmm. uh, go check it out if you have a chance. And buy some baits off Mark so he can keep buying yeah. toys for his boats. Mark, where, if, somebody, <laughs> if somebody wants a lure, what do they got to do to get a lure off you right now? Right now, come the musky next. <laughs> 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 I'm not taking any orders right now. I'm still behind. Well, That's then what good. are you doing on the call? Get to work. <laughs> hey, I got <laughs> I like to go fishing every now and then. <laughs> and Tom's blacklisted. And I'm not getting is. any baits for a while. Well, I want to yeah, thank I, I want to thank both Mark and Corn for coming on and uh, and and mm-hmm. you know yeah, enlightening you. us and Mark for scolding me for my my inept boat maintenance. 
<laughs> that's my Thanks last for tip for you guys. I appreciate it. That's my last tip for everyone. Get a friend like corn. If you don't know, get a friend that does know that you can call when you're in a pinch. Say, Hey corn. What's this noise? Well, I, I mean it. Yeah. We <laughs> phone up to it. Let me Since listen. corns in Pittsburgh, yeah. <laughs> we let's let's do a, a a hunks weekend, like not a weekend, but like a day where we bring our boat someplace and corn can come and kind of show us the ropes. Yeah. Uh, I'll trade as many <laughs> bucktails as you want for for a day like that. <laughs> All right, All right. Sounds good. Again, I'll thanks offer. for having me on, guys. I can always get you discounts at your Mac local Mac it. bid too. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I'll offer I'll offer you both Mark and and Matt. I'll offer you guys lifetime IT support. I need it. I need it <laughs> for your OnlyFans page. That's yeah. right. All those viruses. <laughs> How do you think I pay for everything? <laughs> you do got a nice boat. <laughs> All right, boys. So thank you again. I really right, enjoyed this. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. I had to shake them on my last case. Big O don't play.